Hey, welcome to the Press On Podcast. I am so happy to be here today. Uh, if you are watching this on Holy Week, happy Holy Week. Uh, I've just really been encouraged this week to, to, to take some time and to reflect. I was reminded just a couple days ago that, that, yes, we celebrate this week. And we rejoice in what Jesus accomplished, not only by dying on the cross for us, but um, ultimately rising from the dead. Uh, and we celebrate that, but we shouldn't miss an opportunity to reflect, an opportunity to realize that this week was not like any other week all those years ago. One of my favorite authors, he, he wrote the other day, um, think about the contrast uh, between the beginning and the end of the week. At the beginning of the week, they were laying down palm branches. At the end of the week, he was laying down his life. Such a big difference that nobody exactly expected to come. Even though Jesus had told the disciples, even they seemed shocked when it actually came true. And so I hope you get time this week um, or any week to really reflect on what uh, Jesus did. Uh, throughout the week and the significance of what it means for you and for me. And uh, it's just, it's it's a good time to, to look over the events of the week to see what actually occurred. And, and this week I came across this, this passage that, that I've never read before. I've never heard it preached on from a stage before. Um, and it really got me thinking and uh, I've done some research on it, and I hope what we learn from this can apply to your life and my life as well. You see, after the Last Supper on uh, Thursday night leading into Friday morning, uh, we know the story. Jesus goes into the garden to pray. He asks the disciples to pray with him, to stay awake. They fall asleep a couple of times. Um, and then afterwards is when Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. Jesus is arrested. Uh, Peter grabs a soldier's sword, swings it, cuts off a soldier's ear. Jesus performs that miracle where he replaces the ear. And Jesus is arrested. And we read that the disciples, they all flee. They all run away. And then right after that, there's this passage. In Mark chapter 14, in verse 51 and 52, we read this. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. <laughs> and from the beginning of that, that just seems like a really random story. Like, like why would Mark include that? What is, what is the purpose? Well, after a lot of studying and research, um, I don't know if I figured it out, uh, but I think... I've connected some pieces that could be a very real possibility. You see, when, when you don't understand something in the scriptures, I, I pray that, that you'll spend some time praying over that scripture. Do some time studying. Look at commentaries. Look things up on the internet. Uh, see what a general consensus is. And then uh, do a little bit more studying. And then try to see if you can understand it a little bit better. And, and what most people think this is, is is Mark um, trying to, to tell his readers that this was him, that he felt so guilty that he ran away, that, that he didn't want to say, this is me, but he felt the need to include 
this story that that even he ran away. What's interesting to note is that that Mark wasn't one of the disciples of Jesus. Uh, Mark actually um, in Acts 12, uh, we find out that actually Mark was a, a very young man um, in the time of Jesus. Uh, but I think Mark was around uh, because I think the way he writes his his book um, is some from memory as well as other things he has heard. Uh, it's funny because actually some scholars, I read this, um, one of my favorite commentaries is the uh, the application commentary. And in this commentator, he says this, some theologians go as far to imagine the upper room in the house of Mary, who is the mother of John Mark. This was the place where the Last Supper was eaten. John Mark would have then followed the disciples into the night, hastily clad in linen sheet. And so uh, this commentator says that that possibly the disciples and Jesus, they were in John Mark's house for, for the Last Supper. And when they go into the garden, John Mark, as a young man, is like, I, I got to follow them. I want to see what they're, they're doing. And so he grabs a linen sheet, he clothes himself, and he leaves with them, thus meaning he is there. And thus him fleeing in the middle of the night, just like the disciples. Uh, some other things to note about this uh, uh, is there's um, made known, um, where is it? Right here. The commentator says this, on the other hand, this desperate flight might allude to Amos 2.16, which refers to the day of flight on the day of the Lord. Um, it says this, even the bravest warrior will flee naked on that day, declares the Lord. If the bravest warrior will turn tail and run, what will happen to those less stout of heart? Then he goes on to say, Jesus did warn that when the people saw the desolating sacrilege, those in Judea were to flee to the mountains. They were not to back, go back into the house, and those in the fields were not to fetch their mantle. This man, however, has fled at the wrong time. Bottom line is, whoever it was, whoever this young man was, he did the same thing the disciples did. In Jesus' greatest hour, he ran. He ran away. He was scared scared for his life, scared of what was going to happen, uh, probably scared what was going to happen to Jesus as well, uh, but but what more could you do? And I, I think it's important to note that we have all fled from Jesus at one point or another in our life. Maybe not willingly, uh, but we've all fallen short of the glory of God, as Romans puts it. We, we've all messed up and we've run uh, for ourselves, for selfish reasons. But the beauty of this story, the, the beauty of, of Easter itself is that, that the arrest of Jesus, the, the crucifixion of Jesus, it, it's not the end. As that famous sermon puts it, Sunday is coming. Sunday is the most important part. That's the day that, that Jesus defeated death itself. And arose from the grave. And what does Jesus do when he rises from the grave? One of the first things he does is he asks for Peter. The man who disowned Jesus three times. And he meets Jesus. And three times Jesus forgives 
and he restores Peter, and he builds his church on Peter. Peter is the rock on which Jesus builds the church. And so it doesn't matter how many times you have run from Jesus. It doesn't give us a right to, to keep doing it because we know he forgives us, but it doesn't matter how many times we've run from Jesus. Jesus rebuilds and restores. He forgives. And he reconciles. I pray that as, as you reflect on this week and all that Jesus went through, know this, that, that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, there's forgiveness. Why? Because the forgiveness starts at the cross. Jesus died so you can be forgiven, so, so you can have a, a right relationship with your Heavenly Father, that one day you can spend eternity with Him. So as, as we live out this life that we have on this earth, I, I pray that we remember that that, that, that we move forward each and every day knowing that we've been forgiven, and so we can go out and share God's love. We can share that forgiveness. We can share that good news with others. And as you do that, I hope and I pray you do one thing, and that's to press on. Can't wait to see you next week as we press on till our one-year anniversary show. See you next week. Until then, adios. Adios.